Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Welcome to another edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. I am your host, the Twitterless heroine herself. And I think right now that's a good thing. Uh, the <laughs> Ring announcer to the stars, Miss Fancy Pants, the most professional podcaster. Uh, the uh, Gosh, I'm trying to even remember all this. It's been so so long since I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> Every time we go along. away for a few weeks. I know. Every time. I, it's like riding a bike. Uh, the pop punk princess. And most importantly, the queen of self-style, Miranda Morales, here with you on another episode of the Hashtag Miranda Show, which is a proud part of the Chairshot Radio Network, which you can find on thechairshot.com. 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 Always use your head. I got so so held up on the Twitter thing, though I I do and don't know exactly what's happening with it. I know some of it's not that great. So that's another reason why I'm I'm relieved that I am not on Twitter or even just surrounding the buzz on Twitter about Twitter. Uh, So don't try and follow me. But you can follow me at the hashtag Miranda on Instagram and Facebook. Follow me there so you can keep up to date on all the great things that I'm doing, as well as just pretty pictures of me because I'm fucking adorable. Uh, and with that, though, you can follow my co-host, producer, the kingpin of the chair shot.com, the unstoppable one. And if you didn't know, he's a wrestling promoter. Greg DeMarco on social media at Chairshot Greg on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So go follow him on Twitter. But welcome, Greg DeMarco. Aw, pudding. That was saved up for when you said you were adorable, and I just didn't have a hole yeah. to play it in. So I just waited and waited. Oh, that's okay. And waited and waited. <laughs> yeah, he's a wrestling promoter. That's why we're here today. That's what we're going to yes. talk about. Yes. We've been on a Damn little bit of a one. hiatus, but we are back with our quarterly IZW wrap up show. I mean, and shit, we might have to do time, one again in two weeks. Yes. Though. That'll be a weirder one because you won't be there. So we have to like finagle it, but we'll, we'll figure sh- it out. We'll figure it out. Are you shushing? Here. People are going to be there. They're going to see Oh, She's not here. They're going to see it, but they're not going to know until I'm not there that I'm not there. So that's true. But we'll, you know, we'll we'll figure it out. But uh, yes, IZW Impact Zone Wrestling presented Cool Town Clash this past Saturday in Coolidge, Arizona, taking a little venture outside of the Phoenix area. And this show in particular was definitely a pleasant surprise uh, for everyone. Not that it happened 
we knew it was going to happen when we had advertised it. Greg, can you tell people where we probably advertised this show on, like our social medias for IZW? Yes, we advertised it at IZW Wrestling AZ. Of course, that means State of Arizona. That is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, although we have not been using the Twitter at all because we haven't needed to. But on Facebook and Instagram and also at IZWWrestling.com. This event was also promoted a lot locally in both the Coolidge community and the Florence community, uh, which is right nearby. So, um, And through the, the Robles Boxing Gym and through mm-hmm. lots of other stuff there locally. It's a local community event. It, it's very different. It, it's like we talked about. Uh, pleasant surprise and a whole lot of levels and god i'm just like i i can't wait to talk about this thing like it is yeah. that fucking cool like i'm so yeah I, I just learned so much about the community that i didn't even know and you know i post about it on facebook but like i'm just gonna talk about it. like i had this idea six months ago in october of last year to do something in coolidge because of the boxing events they've had and and you know Nav and, and Morgan, their kids go to that boxing gym and they've been going to the boxing events. And I came up with this idea and I was ram like, Hey, what if we did this? And, and that was it. And then we had the plans, we had everything and all that. But then when we got there, it was just like pure magic. It really was. And just the community, just, just the moment, the first match, the pre-show match hit the ring, you realized, okay, this is, this is different. Like this is, a place that doesn't get the first wrestling event in that community in 20 years. And it's a community that literally has nothing. And to be able to go there and do this, like, man, it's just blown. I'm still blown away. Just every time I think about it, like, you know, there are certain things that I get to do that, that will sometimes drive some emotion and, and cause me to feel a certain way. And this was one of them, like really just the whole night. I was just kind of like in awe, like, just of what we were capable of doing, what we were lucky to do, the partnerships we had, everything that the way things just fell into place and, and just everybody going nuts, kids, adults, you name it. Like they were just, whatever they're due on a daily basis, whatever they're going through, it was gone for a night. And that was just fantastic. Like you'll never be able to take that away. And that's when I posted, I'm like, we will be back. It's because I feel like we have to, like, I feel like mm-hmm. we owe it to them. And, you know, to have the, the size crowd that we had and have over 200 people there, like, that's just the beginning. Like, I think it's going to get bigger because everyone's going to be telling people. It's crazy to think, like, yeah, I'm getting way ahead of myself, but these kids went to school on Monday and talked about this. Like, that's what happened. Yeah. Whereas IZW, they go, they post on social media, they go about their lives and, and all of that. You know, IZW here in, you know, our events that we run in, in Tempe and in Phoenix area. This one, like, they're probably still talking about it now. And that's just... Mm-hmm. You know, that's crazy. And and that's what a community like that needs. And that's what helps a community like that thrive. And before they had the boxing, they really had nothing but trouble and um, gun violence and all sorts of things. And so to know what we're a part of and what we can help do there, like this just like mind blowing. And, and I am just so freaking on cloud nine about the event and about the community and about what we got to do. And I had no idea to me, it was like another good opportunity to put on a successful wrestling event. You know, wrestling's a business. I say it a million times. And this was just so much more than that in the end. They say first impressions make a difference. You know, first impressions count. And I think both the first impression that IZW left on the Coolidge community and the impression that the Coolidge community left on IZW. 
um, where the IZW talent was so invested in what was happening and the people that were there and could hear that all throughout the night Mm -hmm. of how much uh, people were enjoying themselves. And it's in some ways a scary, but refreshing to go in front of a new audience and show what you have, because yes, it can be, you know, a little nerve wracking to be in front of a, a new audience in a new place and not know what the reception is going to be. But the fact that they look at things with a fresh set of eyes really refreshes, you know, the talent and the company and just is just a a nice cleanse of, you know, being in front of uh, a new group and sharing, like you mentioned, the magic to new people for the very first time. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone remembers the first time they saw wrestling, you know, or at least their most recent or their their most they can recollect the biggest memory that they had in wrestling. Most of the time it's the first time. And -hmm. for a lot of those people, IZW was the very first time that they saw pro wrestling, independent wrestling. And that made such a huge impact on them to the point where it absolutely will not be the last time that we're there. Um, It's only going to grow, but to be, that's something special when Mm -hmm. you're someone's first wrestling show. Yeah, and it's it's we joked off air about how you know when a wrestling promotion knows who they are and a wrestling promotion doesn't know who they are, right? And I've talked about this mm-hmm. before. Anyway, we've probably even talked about it on your show, right? I went off on the rant where I was like, "Go watch everything, everybody," because then you realize how good we are. And now I'm like, I take it all back. Just just watch the ones that are good. And I know who we are. I know what we are because I put it all together. We are perfect for that community. Like what we do, the type of the type of stories we tell, the type of event we put on from start to finish, the 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 version of the roller coaster ride that we have built can be plucked out of Phoenix and plopped right down in Coolidge and work. And I don't think any of the other companies could do that because mm-hmm. it just works for for that type of audience. And we didn't really change much outside of the boxing element. It was still an IZW event, like like it was still what we would have done in Phoenix. And um. And and so that's why it, it was just the right, you know, it was the perfect storm, you know, in some ways. It wasn't a happy accident because it was on purpose, but it was like, I did it on purpose with this in mind. And then, you know, like I planned, I planned to drive a mile and ended up driving five miles. Like that's yeah. kind of what, you know, I, I can't think of the best way to describe it, but it was just like, I expected one thing and got it tenfold. We are going to get into the details of Cool Town Clash in just a little bit. But before we do that, Greg, do me a favor. Okay. And go ahead and Mm. wind it up. It's time! Yes, you know what time it is. It's time for you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to get your very own IZW and chair shot t-shirts today. Yes. When you go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot, you're going to find t-shirts, both supporting impact zone wrestling and the chair that includes both your IZW and chair shot linear t-shirts 
as well as a plethora of different IZW t-shirt designs and chair shot dot com designs. Uh, I like the IZFNW t-shirt, the IZWNWA logo, which is also pretty cool, and the updated IZW logo shirt, just to name a few, as well as some of your favorite chair shot shirts, like all of the multiple always use your head t-shirts. Of course, the Everybody Hates Greg shirt and the Queen of Soft Style shirt right here that you can check out at ProWrestlingTees.com. Now, Go ahead and go there. All t-shirts start at $19.99. But if you want to save or spend a few extra dollars, you can order any t-shirt. And I mean any in soft style. I wasn't ready for that. Now I am. Now I'm going to do it every time now. I I created a thing, didn't even know it. Correct. Absolutely. Uh, But yes, you can order any t-shirt in soft style, including the Queen of Soft Style t-shirt. Wait for the pause. That's when you know. When there's a dramatic pause, that's when you do that. Okay. Yes. Anyways. So <laughs> so go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to get your IZWN chair shot shirts today. That is ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. So let's get started by reviewing Cool Town Clash. IZW presents Cool Town Clash in Coolidge, Arizona. We start off the night with our pre-show match. Uh, Jay Smooth making a singles match here with the debuting Miko Maestro. uh, Someone who is very new to the Arizona wrestling scene, uh, but making his IZW debut. Uh, Miko Maestro, as you could tell by the name, is himself a maestro and an aficionado of the fine arts, which, you know, runs in a little bit of contrast to uh, the smooth talking, smooth walking, Jay Smooth. And, you know, both made such a great impression. This was our very, very first contest of the night. Jay Smooth winning this match. Um, And this is not the last time we'll talk about Jay Smooth tonight, but Jay Smooth really establishing himself again as a singles competitor um, against really all comers, especially sometimes the, the more challenging comers to it is the ones you don't know anything about. So Jay Smooth really was able to uh, take the unknown and capitalize on it in this match. It was, yeah, it was exactly that. And and it was, you know, we just wanted, you had an opportunity. Jay really wanted to work and, and we knew Miko was going to be there. And so it just kind of, fell into place and, and it was a great opportunity for both of them. And, um, you know, it, it, a pre-show match is a pre-show match and, and you put it on and give people a chance to work and the fans who got there early, something to do, whatever. And I mean, it sounded like the main event of WrestleMania, like just hearing that match go like, that's what I will always remember about that match. Those people went nuts. And that's when I realized, okay, now I know what we're in for. Like now I know what's about to happen, and uh, it was great. And they 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 did their job perfectly. They kicked things off well, and I thought they both did an amazing job, and and they both did excellent. And you know, both have have really bright futures. You know, both young, both got tons of growth and development to come, and I think it's gonna be great. 
Well, speaking of strong audience reactions, our very first match of our main card, a eight-man tag team match, we had the team of EJ Sparks, Dallas King, and MBW, along with Roman Roselle, versus Lights, Camera, Faction. Lights, Camera, Faction continuing a fairly dominant streak in IZW, winning this match. Uh, I believe it was Ice Williams who got the pin on MBW. Now, granted, may have something to do with a distraction that happened. Possibly. Uh, you know, possibly. Uh, and by that, I mean it did. Uh, if we go back, you know, to, to the footage of it. But that what that's what makes Lights, Camera, Faction such... I mean, I want to say the word dangerous in the most smartest of terms, uh, Mm -hmm. that they are so cohesive. They play, uh, you know, off of each other. There was a succession of tags in that match uh, where there was just a series of, of, um, you know, uh, elbow drops, not from the, the top rope, but just, you know, these succession of moves that they were able to really just lay in to uh i believe it was mbw um and it they're just such a dangerous faction you know and everywhere they go they create a, a response whether that's controversial whether that's you know uh, fan support whether it's booze whatever it may be you know lights camera faction really takes the limelight of any room of any stage. And it it makes absolute sense why they call themselves lights camera faction, Uh, because when they're in the ring, all eyes are on them. And it was exactly what I wanted to, to open the show up. I mean, the first three matches of the night were very structured in a very particular way. Cause we, like we talked about before, we were introducing this wrestling to this group of people. And, and we started off with, with that match on purpose and, and it was funny because they were going nuts for everything like like when ej made his mm-hmm. entrance and, and he used his old theme song because it's upbeat and high energy and all yeah. that stuff and i remember they were lights here factor were backstage and they had their prop and everything and i was just like these people about to go nuts like i just want you to know that like yeah. these people about to go nuts and they did and and it was just set the tone for the evening and it's exactly what it's supposed to be and yeah it's you got you know a good tag team should beat a good non-tag team all the time like that's the mm-hmm. way that wrestling works and so it would take a good four person unit to beat lights, camera faction, because that's mm-hmm. what they are. And, um, that's just a really, really, really tall order. And, and that's why they, they're unbeaten, unbeaten in the state of Arizona, unbeaten in, in four on four action. And that's, um, yeah, I, I can't imagine it changing anytime soon just because of what they've put together and the cohesion they have. And I mean, they are true group of people they travel together i think some of them live together and it's just literally uh that's it's it's not just show up and be a team they're always a team and that's that shows shows and it show there and it's 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 going to take that to beat them up next we had our lucha libre extravaganza showcase Gino Rivera versus Aguila uh, and Aguila coming up with the win in this match. Now, Gino Rivera, now my I add, uh, came out with a corner man in this match. Pete the Heat making his managerial debut. Uh, uh, and as you talked about the theme of this show being the partnership with the Robles Boxing Gym, uh, Pete the Heat took it upon himself to really uh, 
change up his look uh, and, and being much more aligned as a boxing coach uh, and corner man for Gino Rivera uh, during this show. And, and unfortunately, though, that didn't help Gino in this case uh, with with Aguila getting the win. One that I think Aguila also needed, you know, even though he's now found uh, somewhat of a newfound partnership with Mike G, you know, they lost their tag team debut at Monster at the last show. So I think too, this win is absolutely something positive for Aguila and, and, you know, can bring that into, you know, possibly this new team uh, with, with Mike G for the long term. Um, But Man, itself, Gino Rivera is always entertaining and a very different element with Pete the Heat on his side. You talk about two men who have the biggest mouths in in IZW, 100%. When you combine those forces, the amount of shit talking that happens is insurmountable. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, Pete, it was interesting because he, you know, we last saw Pete, he was part of Cookies and Cream. And and that was a tag team that was formed, reformed in IZW and then broke up outside of IZW. And so Pete was kind of left high and dry. And 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 even in, in, in the real element of things, as you're planning wrestling events and everything, it's like kind of got screwed over by his partner doing what he did in, in real life too. And for Pete to come in and be like, I'm going to do this, you know, pulling back the curtain, Pete wasn't going to be out there for the Lucha Libre match. That wasn't part of the plan. But Pete did what he did and created this character and created this presentation. And it was like, okay, let's go get that established. Let's have it go out early. And it worked. And it worked perfectly and set things up beautifully for later in the night. And Gino, you know, played his role to perfection and and worked the match to perfection like he was supposed to. And then sold what he needed to sell afterwards. And it was just brilliant performances all around. Very few squabbles complaints whatever you want to call about how it all went down and and it was just yeah it was fantastic and it was the beginning of what one of the very special elements of this event and talk about the end of the match uh gino obviously upset that he lost the match against aguila uh he and pete cut a promo after the match um Reemphasizing he is a wrestler and he could be anybody any day, especially a boxer. So he called out Isaac Chavez, one of the uh, young boxers with the Robles Boxing Gym, challenging him to a boxer versus wrestler match, which we knew was going to, to happen. But how this was happening, that was the unexpected part. And again, the mouth on Gino, the mouth on Pete, the confidence that they showed, especially after a loss, is a little confusing. But that probably motivated the challenge out to Isaac, uh, you know, a boxer, someone not trained in wrestling, telling him to come into a wrestling ring. Um, you know, they they felt very seemingly overconfident. And as we'll talk about a little bit later in the show, uh, possibly misplaced confidence uh, there. But, uh, you know... Uh, again, that team of Gino and Pete the Heat that night in particular worked so well. And I've even talked to Pete on occasion about his interest in managing someone because he has a, a lot of the skill set needed to manage someone. He knows how to talk. He knows how to work in a ring. He knows, uh, you know, how to to sell uh, a wrestler or in a story. And everything that he brought to the table uh, at Cool Town Clash only added to 
the ambiance, I would say, of the event. Yeah, that element of Pete the Heat is will, will be seen again. I can say that much. Um, it will definitely be a thing. He's not limited to managing. He's not limited to wrestling. He's mm-hmm. he can do all of that. He, you know, we talk about you know a wrestling promotion knowing who they are. Pete the Heat knows who he is, and uh, you know, with the years of experience that he now has, I think it clicks for him in that regard. And I think it's mm-hmm. it's just a perfect storm. Uh, and, and we at IZW give him that platform to do it. It just works within our storytelling. It works within everything that we do. Um, and it was the perfect compliment to what Gino was, the story Gino was telling with Isaac and, and you put it all together and then you bring in the element of this crowd that we talked about. And I mean, I knew they loved Isaac, but to see how much they loved Isaac and to see their reaction. And I knew, what was going to come later in the night, I was just like, this is going to be an absolute riot in, in a good way. Mm-hmm. And, and was just super thrilled and excited about it. Just, just, I, at that point, that was my first element. I mean, okay. When, when Miko and smooth wrestled, I was giddy. I was more giddy at this point. Like at, th- at this point I was no longer a wrestling promoter. And I was just like this dude having a blast. Like, like uh, I, it really is, is what this was becoming. And it was all because of the people, all because of the people, our people, who the wrestlers were having fun because of the element and because of the environment that was put out there by the fans, but the fans and the families and the kids and the adults and what everybody was going through. Like, I was just like, this is what we are supposed to be doing right here, right now. There's no other way in the world that we should be here, but this. So, and that was the first time where it was just like magic was happening. The giddiness will continue. Ladies and gentlemen, don't worry about that. Uh, up next, we have the debut of a new talk segment, Smooth Talk with Jay Smooth. So we saw him earlier in the night uh, with that win over Miko Maestro and now debuting his own talk show, which is a big accolade for someone who's been with IZW for a short amount of time. Uh, but that included a sharp wardrobe change and another side that the audience got to see of Jay Smooth. Um, Jay Smooth, of course, uh, you know, with all the finesse in the world, uh, even with a nice white rug uh, to compliment and and had style to the ring. Um, He came out to introduce his first guest on the first ever Smooth Talk with Jay Smooth. And that was Mr. Classic who we already knew was going to face the Magnificent uh, for the IZW World Heavyweight Championship later on that night. Um, But really, Jay Smooth gave Mr. Classic really the opportunity to share his thoughts on his upcoming match. And as we know, if you've listened to the show before or know anything about the history between Mr. Classic and Magnificent, this was Mr. Classic's shot you know, possibly the last shot he was going to get at the IZW World Heavyweight Championship. Um, So he really couldn't be bothered with the people there. He couldn't be bothered with the nonsense that was Thugnificent. He was completely focused on the task at hand. Um, That led to Thugnificent coming out because Thugnificent does not back off from any challenge. And time after time, Mr. Classic has inserted himself in the championship picture. And I think there was almost a sense of urgency for Thug to just beat him, to finally, you know, get rid of him, to finally get him out of his crosshairs. And so 
you know, their interaction was definitely tense and somewhat instigated by Jay Smooth. And that was a, a bit of a surprise, you know, that that Jay Smooth kind of instigated uh, this a, a little bit and was pushing buttons. So I'm not sure what his end game is in this. Maybe one day, you know, looking at the prize of the IZW World Heavyweight Championship, you know, he's he's a young kid and he's smart. So maybe knowing that uh, instigating a rise uh, out of both of them could possibly benefit him in the future, or he's just a guy who's looking for a good product. I, I, I'm still trying to get my sense on what Jay Smooth's angle was on this, but um, it really did show the audience too, you know, for those who may be new about all of the tension in, in history between Mr. Classic and Doug Magnificent. few things. Um, number one, Jay Smooth. Smooth Talk was an idea that I had when Jay would, you know, continually show up and, and perform at a level above his experience. And that's something that I was like, that's when I see that it's like, okay, we need to do something and we need to do something with this guy. And that's what I came up with just from having conversations with him. And at Monster, he was thrust into some different positions and it worked out really well. And I just saw it. And and even at that point, we had already begun to talk about Smooth Talk. And I just knew that 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 there was something there. And, and so we could do that. Um, originally, it was going to be in May. And then we decided to do the first Smooth Talk in Coolidge. And, and Jay does that and Jay has, you know, made some very smart decisions because again, he knows who he is. And so he took himself to the places he needs to be to continue to grow and develop who he is and, and, and it's paying off. And that's, that's a big deal to me as someone who I look for certain things and, and I look for, you know, performers that I can trust. And he's proven to be that in, in an early time frame. But when this segment was over, I looked at somebody else and won't name names because it's a little too much of, of, of breaking kayfabe. And we said that, and the phrase, the exact phrase that was said to me was, and now they know, because that's what this was all about. 95% of the people in that building, basically the ones who didn't travel down there from Phoenix, had no idea who Mr. Classic was, had no idea who Thugnificent was. And we were going to trot them out in the last match of the night. And they needed to know, they needed to know who was the good guy, who was the bad guy. Cause none of those people in that building understand the terms baby face and heel. They needed to know, what the terms were and that's exactly what they knew after that segment was over and it showed when that time came, when main event time came around they knew they knew exactly what was going on and that allowed mr classic and thugnificent to tell the story they wanted to tell in the ring and and for everything to go as planned to, to wrap up the evening and and that's what you know that was and, and jay smooth smart jay smooth will definitely take this platform of smooth talk and use it for his own growth and development as we continue to progress in the future because we don't just cart out smooth talk for one time it, it's obviously going to continue and um and we'll continue at and on may 7th the king of the jungle but he everybody everybody performed and, and did exactly what they had to do which is kind of the theme of the night so um loved it loved everything about it up next, we had one of the first unique elements of this card, and that was our boxing sparring exhibition. Um, this was a boxing exhibition between two young athletes at the Robles Boxing Gym, Sakura Kaiser and Sayla Brooks. Uh, and they put on a hell of an exhibition. And this was something for me personally, I was thrilled to be able to announce my very first boxing introduction and to be able to do that for two young 
ladies um, who have really trained and worked hard on this and was able to be part of the showcase really for me was a, 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 a very personal touch. Um, I myself has learned a little bit about boxing over the past few years and to see, you know, all of the effort and time uh, that it takes for them, but also for them to see a little bit of the world of wrestling. And I know for me, what I really wanted to do was make sure they had the grand big entrances and announcements that they deserve that, you know, one day they may get when they actually are doing your, you know, their, their actual amateur boxing and in more formal, uh, actual boxing matches. Um, but for me, it was just a very cool experience and kind of my time to be giddy about, about it. But they also just rock the house. I think they completely impressed the audience there. They complessed, they, they impressed uh, the, the talent in the IZW locker room. And it was one of those things where, um, you know, to do what they did in a wrestling ring too, uh, it was a very different environment from what they practice and, you know, perform that well was so impressive. And I thought this was such a cool element of this night that really made it unique and special and really connected it with the community because there was so many of their supporters there and for them to be able to see them um, in this mat, in this, this exhibition, I think was such a highlight as well as at the end of the exhibition, uh, both ladies were presented with a framed copy of the IZW flyer uh, and especially their specific match announcement there. So they had something to kind of commemorate that, which is something, you know, I'm sure they may have not even expected to get a a promo visual like that, but that's, you know, something that IZW does so well with its visuals um, and something hopefully that they do have, you know, with them for a while and can remember and always look back on that time they did this sparring exhibition in front of 200 people at a pro wrestling event. It's That's the great thing about the relationship that I have with, with Nav and with Morgan. They're like, oh, we got these things together. And I was like, oh, we do. Great. Like, I didn't even know. Like, it's just, that's just what happens. And that's, we, we. You know, we can finish each other's sentences, have the same thoughts, all those kind of things. And that's why it just works. Um, this was a barring, a boxing sparring exhibition, right? It's not regulated. It's not an official match, all that. And that allowed them mm-hmm. to get that pomp and circumstance element to it that I don't know that they always get. I haven't been to the amateur mm-hmm. boxing events to know, but, um, but the coolest thing about that, A, the fact that they, you know, performed and, and they put on that show and they were sparring and they were all that, but B, I talked about how you, we can just pick up an IZW show in Phoenix and plop it back down in Coolidge. And that's what we're able to do. You could not pluck that boxing match out of Coolidge and mm-hmm. plop it back down in Tempe. People, yeah. Half the crowd would zone out. Someone would be polite. Someone would be, you know, they might have a boring chance. Like, who knows, right? It just that would not work. But that, that crowd was super supportive. And because in a lot of elements, there, there were a lot of hardcore IZW fans who made the trip, right? Those are the ones who were buying most of the front row tickets. Those are that. Big Lip Radio had a party of six people there. And um, and, and a lot of other hardcores came. And some of the hardcores that weren't going to come made last-minute decisions to come and, and, and bought up some of the tickets as well. So in some ways, the Coolidge crowd was following their lead in, in things that were happening and things that were going on. In this case, the roles were reversed. Now our hardcore fans are following the lead of the Coolidge people as mm-hmm. the boxing was taking place. And, and that relationship between IZW and Coolidge begins to grow. 
in in a match like this and and just to see those two boxers and and to see those young women how excited they were how honored they felt just everything that took place before during and after that that was again one of those things that that makes this so special and you know was part of the point all along when we decided we were going to do this in Coolidge we knew there was going to be the two boxing showcases that took place the boxer versus wrestler and the boxer versus boxer and this was the beginning of that and that was great I thought it was just just absolutely perfect this definitely like I mentioned you know I, I really enjoyed announcing this match and has gotten me to even think about expanding the Morales announcing empire to you know maybe uh, venture out into other uh, types of uh, sporting events so uh stay tuned to that i think uh if you are eventually looking for a boxing ring announcer uh you you may find your girl here uh available uh pending proper paperwork so you know just just throwing that out there uh to the universe and see what happens but it's uh different but a good different and again it was such a something that you could just tell for the both competitors in that exhibition the fans you know it was a very cool experience but also like it still made the rest of the card flow well as we go through and that's something that you kind of risk when you do something different in a wrestling event and have something you know a different type of match or card or in this case boxing exhibition how does that flow and this flew very seamlessly top to bottom so that's also a big testament to you, Greg, to Nav, to um, to Morgan, everybody who had a, a role in this, finding the right place for this. And it well, and well. and Robles as well. Like they, we didn't yeah. know any of this. Like we had no idea. I put it on there. Like you, you have the format. I plop it right down there. We have all these details, right? You know, my formats are like everybody's doing this, this, mm-hmm. this, this story, whatever. That format was like. Poof, boxing match, do what they say. Like, like it's just, just, you know, they're going to do it. They're going to tell us what to do. But yeah, you got to do boxing. You're welcome. So there we go. Um, but no, I loved it. I, I, there's nothing more I can say about it. Like it was just like everything else in this event, the right thing, right time, right placement, like stars aligned, you know. Up next, we had really, I mean, you go from one end to the other, a boxing exhibition to a wrestling match. We had Graves versus Jacob Austin Young. And there is a high level of respect between these two men because of the fact that they are what they are. They're wrestlers at heart and in their purest form can go in any ring and have the performance of the night um, because of their technical skill set and both very different, you know, they're very different personalities. Jacob Austin Young is cool as a cucumber, always calm under pressure. Um, And even in some of the, the more tighter situations that he's in, in the ring, he always is collected. And because he's smart, he's detailed. He's always thinking about the next step, three steps ahead. Whereas Joe Graves is a much louder personality in every aspect from his ring entrance to what he does in the ring to his moveset. He is loud. He is in your face. He is aggressive. Um, So when you have those two together, though, and they both have, again, you know, almost the same kind of technical mindset, it puts together a pure 
wrestling match, you know, and I'm trying to find all the great adjectives to it, but it's, it's really at its simplest form that was that. And so this one was interesting to see, you know, who, who would come out on top, you know, who would win this match. Um, and this match did end up coming to a time limit draw. Uh, so we did not have a winner in this match um, as the time expired while Graves um, had locked in a submission to Jacob Austin Young. So, um, you know, it this one, it, it could have gone either way. Um, but I loved kind of the dynamic of this, especially on the offset of that boxing match to then have a pure wrestling match. Because I think, as you had mentioned, Greg, kind of how the audience there uh, for non-IZW fans or IZW fans who weren't expecting the boxing exhibition, you know, to, to go that well or be so interested. I think there were wrestling fans who I think still at this point of the night still maybe was a little skeptical about pro wrestling and what it is as a form of sports and entertainment. And I think this match itself proved how physical wrestling can be just as much as boxing. So I feel like it was very complimentary in that way. Uh, But it also was one where, uh, you know, I think it was just the the purest wrestling match of the entire night and such a great balance in the card overall. And some people will try to do an entire card like that, right? That's what Mm -hmm. what they try to do to try to put on. It doesn't work for us. It doesn't work for IZW. Damn sure wouldn't work for Coolidge, but it was the next step in the teaching process of the Coolidge audience. And, and, this match that we put on with them and, and it going to a time limit draw was it was good for them to see that because it was the most sport like mm-hmm. match on the card that wasn't an actual sport like boxing. Um, but on the flip side, from a storytelling perspective, a storytelling perspective for the IZW fans that were there, this is Graves, who was unbeaten in IZW, has never been pinned, has never been submitted, has beaten Hawaiian line, won the blood sport match, has, has been, you know dominating force in, in every monster, like everything that's happened, he has been out there and been a huge part of. And then this is the first time he was pushed to the limit, the time limit in this case. And that says a lot for Jacob Austin Young, who started in November of 2021 with IZW, whereas Graves was there in October of 2019 for the first event back. And it's, it's, he came in and, and impressed and grew and impressed and grew. And next thing you know, he's out there and he's, damn near beating the unbeatable guy. And, and that's, you know, says a lot and, and it's, it's huge. It's huge for him. It's huge for him as a, as a competitor. It's huge for, for us and, and huge for graves to be pushed that way and to, to be put in an element where it's like, Oh crap, maybe, maybe there's a chink in the armor. Who knows? And we don't know because time ran out. And, mm-hmm. and so if you're a wrestling fan, you Probably know what that means at some point in the future. It's just how these things work. But um, that was a great performance by both of them. And again, it was the next step in the teaching process of Coolidge and, and a hell of a match on top of it. And and it worked in Coolidge and it would have worked in Phoenix and it would have worked in Chicago. It would have worked in New York. It would have worked in Orlando. It would have worked in L.A. It would have worked with ropes, without ropes. It would have worked everywhere. And that's a testament to those two guys and those two guys alone. So. Yes, at the end of the match, uh, Graves showing a sign of, of respect to uh, Jacob Austin Young as he raised his hand uh, and shook it. Uh, and that's a hard thing to do to earn the respect of Joe Graves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jacob Austin Young has done that. So, But I do know, as you mentioned, you know, Joe Graves is unbeaten. 
And that's one thing he still, I'm sure, wants to keep that streak alive. So mm-hmm. whether that's you putting it or Joe. <laughs> if and I don't Jacob put it, Austin he Young, will. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't think he will leave you much of a choice. Because even though uh, he didn't for, win, uh, even though he didn't lose, he didn't win. And yeah, that exactly. eats away at, and at Graves. Mm-hmm. This match was also the longest match that Angie, the referee, has ever officiated. And and this was part of that as well. The, the opportunity she had to go out there and work with these two veterans, um, it was a class for her at the same time. And and I thought that was awesome that we got to do that. And as we were replacing and we knew she had the opportunity to do something, it was a no-brainer to put her in that match, to be honest with you, because of the element that was going to be done and because of what she could learn. And she did. And I thought it was really good um, and and proud of what she's been able to do and the matches she's been able to work for us and, um, you know, continue to give her those opportunities. In our next segment, I had the opportunity to bring out an interview, Commissioner Derek Montilla, uh, who welcomed the crowd in Coolidge, the people there, um, and was very excited uh, to to be there tonight. Uh, and he had the honor of bringing out someone who was very instrumental in making Cool Town Clash happen, and that was Morgan. Um and she was able to express her gratitude, uh, this chain of gratitude, uh, to the people of Coolidge, to the Robles Boxing uh, Gym, to the city of Coolidge, and everyone who really made this possible. She talked about how her husband, uh, the Navajo Warrior, uh, started his career, 30-plus year career, in Coolidge. And you know, really the deeper meanings behind, you know, why we were out there and how the community has helped IZW in ways that they didn't even know, even though there was their very first night there, uh, our very first night there, and maybe some people's first experience, Coolidge has been somewhat in the DNA of IZW for quite some time. Um, However, Morgan was interrupted um, by the team of Charles Cassis and Bryce Saturn, uh, two fourths of, uh, I don't know my fraction. Or um, one half, either way. If you one half. It. Oh yeah. One half. Yeah. I was talking one half of, uh, final destination, uh, in this foursome, uh, of Charles Cassis, Bryce Saturn, uh, Evan Daniels and Brent Thorne, who have, you know, they were establishing themselves as a foursome, uh, at the last show at monster now official. Uh, if you don't know, they have the t-shirts to prove it. And, uh, and one thing that they've been adamant, especially Charles Cassis is, taking over IZW and somewhat erasing the history of, you know, those, those torchbearers of the, the Navajo warrior of the Hawaiian lion of Morgan and frame IZW in their own vision. Uh, so in that confrontation, Bryce and Charles really just wore down and talked down to the careers of the Navajo warrior and the Hawaiian lion, the tribe, which did not sit well with them because shortly thereafter, you know, say, say their name just enough times and enough distance and they will come. And sure enough, uh, the Navajo warrior and the Hawaiian lion came out uh, to face one half of final destination, Charles Cassis and Bryce Saturn. It's, it's funny too, because you know, the storytelling in this, it's a, this was the first, storytelling match of the night 
right? We had, again, we built through the whole first half of the card, built and, and taught and, and showed. And we had the, the Morgan promo and then Bryce and Charlie come out and interrupt. And then Final Destination comes out. That's completely different than how everything else went down throughout the night. We had traditional entrances, introductions, all that stuff. And, and, and you talked about, you know, that they're trying to take everything in a race of history. The tribe's calling card is a phrase, come fight the tribe. But what Final Destination did was put the tribe in a position where they had to come themselves. And and that's not lost. Shouldn't be lost on anybody. Like usually the tribe's out there and you gotta come to them. But in this case, the tribe had to come to Final Destination because of what Final Destination did. They took it in their own hands. Um this was also, you know, May 7th, you know, Sun Studios, King of the Jungle, Hawaiian Lions retirement match. This was his second to last match. This is his the last time that he and Navajo Warrior are ever going to team up. This was the last match for the tribe. And that opportunity was given to Final Destination. It could have been given to anybody. It was given to Final Destination. And what they did with that opportunity, what they did with that honor, is what they continue to do, and that's just try to make their name on it. And and in the yeah. end, of course, they did as as they were victorious. But um but it was that storytelling element of the card, and it was that feud, that blood feud. And again, for a crowd who had no idea, they told them the story. We did the we did the interruption. We did the promo. We had the interaction. We put Morgan in, in a vulnerable position. We had the tribe come out and save her. And thus, there's a story, and there we go. And and the crowd bought into it, and they were wild. They were hot on fire for this thing, as they were all night. And um, and they did it. They put on a great performance, and and, you know. Final Destination escape with the victory. Yeah, they did. You know, and not to say, though, without some kind of consequence, of course, Morgan was out there to support the tribe and ended up doing, I believe it was Simone Drop Mm -hmm. on uh, Bryce Saturn uh, for all his trouble. So uh, not not to note that, uh, because that was something that, you know, the something essential to the history of the tribe is. Uh, the presence of of Morgan and she's been there for so long and that's one thing you do not mess with family um and Morgan will not hesitate to to run up on somebody if if they are if they're messing with her her family and mm-hmm. uh Bryce Saturn learned that the hard way you know uh you can only uh be under the wing of final destination for just long enough uh, until you get one moment out mm-hmm. of there and uh, Morgan capitalized on that. So will he learn his lesson? I do not think so. Uh, <laughs> again, final destination got the win. And so they were able to come out and, and say that with confidence that they took the last time the tribe was in a tag team and denied them a win. You know, no yeah. other team can say that. And no. so that that's going to, be something that I'm sure Final Destination is going to hang their hat on uh, for quite some time. That is not lost on those two human beings. I guarantee you that. Um, you know, we we joked and, and you know, people listen to these shows and I'm not going to make him wait. But Final Destination interrupted Morgan and the person holding the microphone was Bryce Saturn. Bryce Saturn wrestled his first match in IZW in May of 2021. In, in, in a loss to, to Mercury Aiden. And he was put in that match for a very specific reason to have that opportunity to work with a veteran versus working with other students and, you know, a 20 plus year veteran. And this was an opportunity 
that he was trusted with. You're going to go out there, you're going to get a program on Morgan. During the match, you were going to have a spot with Morgan. Morgan's role in this card was was up in the air at different points and times and what we were going to be able to do, the situation we could put her in. And as per this night, this magical night, it worked to perfection. And and that's good. That's by design. Um, but Bryce would not be put in that position unless he should be in that position. And to me, that was something very big and something that he and I talked about like this was that type of arrival for, for Bryce Saturn. It's, it's, you know, you're going to, you're working this with the tribe and you're working these spots with Morgan. That's not trainee stuff. That's mm-hmm. not new guy stuff. Like you, that's, you solidified yourself stuff and that's where he's at now. And, and that was, a big part of what this night was about for him, especially in front of the Coolidge audience. Like I've said it before, if people ask me, what's the most, what's the, what, what do you look for in, in a wrestler and, and putting them on, on your events? And the number one thing I always say is trust. Can I trust you in these situations? And I take putting somebody out there with the tribe and putting somebody out there with Morgan very seriously. And I have to be able to trust him. And that's the point that he got to. And that's where he's at. And, and he deserves all the credit in the world, the promo that Final Destination cut before that event, like not the one at the event, but the one that was posted uh, leading up to the event was a coming out for him. And it really, you know, luck is when opportunity meets preparation. And, and mm-hmm. you know, you never know when opportunity is going to come around. You can't control the opportunity, but you can control preparation. And he's controlled preparation. And now he's found himself in a position of prominence with the storytelling that we have. And... All, all, you know, all the credit in the world goes towards his trainer, of course, is also his tag team partner, and him for the work he's put in and the development that he's shown. And that's why he's there. So, good shit. I mean, we talked about it a, a little bit, too, about planting seeds, you know, with Jay mm-hmm. Smooth and, you know, what his intentions are. I think that will be something to see, too, with Bryce Saturn in mm-hmm. a year from now, you know, what, where does he go and how does he grow um, under the tutelage of, you know, uh, Charles Cassis and uh, Evan Daniels and Brent Thorne, you know, that's one thing when you have a faction like that, the youngest member always, you know, has the most room to grow mm-hmm. and most room to benefit from aligning themselves with more established wrestlers and stars. And so really, you know, that, that ceiling for him is, is really high now, you know, because he has the, the youth on his side, but also being able to learn from his stable mates and, you know, whether that be good habits, you know, bad or, 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 and by what I mean by that is, you know, final destination again is, is trying to tear down the history of IZW and reimagine it in their own light. And so that whole respect for your elders type of thing has kind of gone out the door. Uh, And so what that means for for all members of Final Destination, you know, we will see. But right now he is aligned with literally a winning team. So the opportunities uh, for him right now look fairly, fairly vast. Mm -hmm. We will see what happens with Final Destination. We know what's going to be happening with the tribe. The Hawaiian Lion will be facing the Navajo Warrior on Saturday, May 7th at King of the Jungle. Uh, We saw that at Monster where, you know, Hawaiian Lion picked the man he trusts more than anything in, you know, the world of wrestling, possibly the the world and the Navajo Warrior. So um, tears will be shed. It will be an emotional night at King of the Jungle. 
Um, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot. Um, and I think Greg, you have a special announcement about that night. That, yeah. Uh, we'll, so we'll break got right now. A couple things as you're watching now, uh, one announcement has already been made. Very excited. Another IZW original who's, who's, who's appeared, uh, once before, but, uh, we are privileged to have, you know, in, in that main event, Standing in the middle of the ring, introducing the the competitors of the Hawaiian Land Navajo Warrior, will be the one and only of both WWE and AEW fame, Justin Roberts. He will be out there to do the introductions and will be a big part of that main event. And so I'm super lucky, privileged, excited to have Justin be able to come back. He started his career in IZW uh, when he relocated to Arizona from Chicago and, and grew that into, you know, Sunday Night Heat and eventually Monday Night Raw and WrestleMania and of course now AEW and so very excited to have him there and very gracious for AEW allowing him to do that he's under contract to them and so that's these things don't just you know you can't just show up anymore and randomly ring out a match and so to have him be able to come out there and do that that's going to be extremely special for both Navajo Warrior and Hawaiian Lion all of the IZW original family members in attendance and, and just everybody there um, on that. And just super excited that we get to have him there as part of that. So big fucking deal. Hmm? I mean, this is not a guy you, you know, he doesn't announce for less than, you know, several thousand people. Anymore. So, I mean, if you were at, you know, we're in Arizona and if you were at WrestleMania 26, you know, oh, he's, yeah. he's the one screaming John Cena when John Cena's running down the ramp like that's, yeah. You know, and now he's turned it into his John Moxley announcement, but it's the same concept. And that's, you know, the last wrestling match the Hawaiian Lion ever has. Justin Roberts will be the ring announcer. Very fitting. Very, very fitting. I cannot imagine it being any better. So I, I, it's, it's going to be an emotional night. It's one well deserved. And, you know, hopefully the tribe can move on, at least for now, uh, off the loss of, of a final destination into things that are just more than than just wrestling. You know, it's, it's a significant milestone and, and on to the, the next chapter and focus on that as we go into uh, King of the Jungle. We are going to be taking a brief break. We're going to be listening to some of our sponsors and then come back with the second half of IZW's Cool Town Clash. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore. Everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out. TheChairShot.com Right. So in the second half of IZW presents Cool Town Clash in Coolidge, Arizona, we come to the highly anticipated boxer versus wrestler exhibition match. Gino Rivera with Pete the Heat in his corner, faced Isaac Chavez representing the Robles Boxing Gym. And as we talked about earlier uh, in the night, Gino Rivera calling out Isaac, saying he could be anybody, even a boxer. Um, and in this match, this was a slightly different setup. So this was a three three-minute rounds uh, with uh, the winner being able to, to win or, or 
pretty much whoever won was able to win by uh, pinfall, submission, or knockout. So this was definitely a wrestling, you know, hybrid boxing match. Um, one of the fun things for me about this match in particular was the introductions uh, of Gino and Isaac Chavez uh, in ring and seeing really the entire entourage that Isaac Chavez brought in, the look that he had, all of it. I mean, this kid knows entertainment uh, and it very much felt like a lot of the boxing matches that you see uh, on television where you know boxers have you know some of these grand entrances with you know their team and and all of their people behind them and Isaac was no different um coming in confident coming in excited not faced at all by Gino Rivera um and this match itself i mean i didn't know what to expect at all going into this because i've never seen a boxer versus wrestler match but isaac was so impressive um you know even throwing in a few wrestling moves of his own which totally threw me for a loop i did not expect that Uh, But the kid itself, you know, uh, a really talented boxer and a pretty damn good amateur wrestler himself. Um, You know, Pete, the heat, of course, the corner man of Gino, uh, taking that same energy that he had earlier in the night to try and help Gino. Uh, But uh, unfortunately, once again, Gino Rivera uh, did not win. Isaac winning in round three with a roll up out of all things to win the match. But that's something that Isaac, um, again, was was someone that Gino vastly underestimated. Um, And just seeing Isaac, how well he played to the crowd. You know, I think these were things that he just understood what happens in the ring. Um, these were things I don't think he was taught. He just got, and that is a very rare thing for someone to pick up so quickly. Yeah. To see Isaac go out there and pick up on that stuff so fast, like that was just amazing. And, um, Isaac was thrust into this position and, and kind of showed up that night knowing we were doing the box versus wrestling match, but not knowing anything else. And to be able to pick up on it, he's an athlete. He's, he's had a professional fight mm-hmm. and he, he fought professionally earlier, I mean, late the last year, but, um, he fought professionally, had to travel to Mexico to do it, but he, um, just had those opportunities and, and he just delivered big time. And I mean, it's just, you know, he put on a show and everything from, you talked about the entrance, like Gino wasn't fighting Isaac. Gino was fighting the whole damn building. Like, oh, yeah, because they all were part of his entrance. Like they all came out and, and kudos to um, to the Navajo warrior who, who literally came up with that during intermission to have that entrance take place. And and it was just, you know, and, and the way the crowd was in it. And I knew the crowd was going to be into it. Like like based on what happened earlier in the night, you were like, OK, this is going to be insane. And it was. And uh, some certain things don't always go according to plan. And, and there was an element of that to this. And, you know. Yes, it ended up being a three-round match, um, but it definitely played out perfectly. And and Gino, I mean, Gino, it, this match was even advertised as not being Gino, and and originally Gino mm-hmm. wasn't going to be there at all uh, due to due to some travel that he had. And, and once he was able to be there, we were very excited. Um, when we first had the thoughts of a boxer versus wrestler match, Gino was the person we wanted to be in that position and weren't able to. Um, and, and, and so when it worked out that way, just like everything else in this night worked out 
how it was supposed to. And Pete playing his role from, from being a part of the match to throwing in the towel on accident to eating a DDT from one of the other people from the boxing gym, like just, uh, just, just so well done. And, and, you know, Gino ending the night as one of the heroes alongside of Isaac was a moment he deserved for everything that he did on, on this evening and for, for the event, for Coolidge, for the boxing gym and all of that. And, and, you know, to see Gino win over the crowd in the end and he's taking pictures with kids and he's selling merchandise and all this stuff that, you know, the hated villain wouldn't be able to do. Um, just such a great, great moment for him and a great moment for everybody there. And this was, um, it was perfect. It was exactly like by that point, I envisioned how it was going to go with the crowd because I realized what we had in front of us in Coolidge and it did. It played out exactly like I thought it was going to. And I, I was just, just thrilled. Um, even seeing what Isaac could do in the ring before the show began versus what he ended up doing in the ring was just like, how did you learn more with no training? I don't know. He's just a natural athlete and, mm-hmm. um, and, and it definitely paid off. And he was in there with someone who's truly great and, and they were able to pull something very special off. And, uh, I don't think we've seen the last of that either. Yeah, no. And, and Gina was such a perfect person for this particular exhibition. Um, you know, even Gino himself has more of a boxing look than a wrestling look. So it was, you know, you, you could have easily put gloves on Gino and he could have tried to do this as a boxing match. Um, and he had the one taped up fist. I mean, it was just so perfect. And just Isaac, you know, stripping the gloves, the helmet, stripping the helmet, then stripping the gloves, then stripping the tank top. Like it, it was just very, very, everybody played their role to perfection and, Including the crowd. And it was mm. just, yeah. And, and Gino really was a perfect person. We've talked about Gino on this program before. We've played his promos on the air before. He goes nuts when we do. Um, I, I, you know, we all love Gino. Gino may never get the credit he deserves for the type of performer he is, the type of career he's been able to amass, the influence that he's had over another generation of people. Um, and, and he knows, he knows what he's capable of. He knows what he has. He knows what he is and and can do. And this night was basically, he was just like, you give me the ball. I'm going to run with it. And that's exactly Mm -hmm. what he did. And in both matches, in in both everything, he didn't have to work the first match. Like, like when the changes were made, he could have just focused on the boxing, but he wanted to do it this way. And it Mm -hmm. fell into perfection because of how we built it. Um, it worked to a T. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for Isaac's credit, if he ever wanted to shift gears and end up in the world of professional wrestling, uh, that could work for him. He, he gets a lot of this, you know, the core things about wrestling he gets. And for someone who's already a strong athlete, you know, if, if plan A may not work out in boxing, I think he has a future in plan B. Dude, I, I mean- should consider plan B. Kid's already better than Dominic Mysterio, and Nick, I just wrestled WrestleMania. So, yeah, he's got that. I can tell you it definitely wasn't his last wrestling match. I can oh. guarantee you that. Well, speaking of very first wrestling matches, this is a very first one-on-one. Boss Hog Marshall Zinn faced off against the elusive Black Dragon, someone we haven't seen in the Arizona wrestling scene for mm-hmm. quite some time. 
Boss Hogg, who is a competitive weightlifter, strong man, uh, former uh, U.S. Uh, Army military serviceman, um, who has recently got into the world of professional wrestling, um, made his one-on-one debut. We did see him in last year's Monster. This year, he served as a special enforcer. And even just recently, um, on Road Tripping with Boss Hogg, that you can find on YouTube, you saw a little bit about Boss Hogg's uh, journey into pro wrestling, where he did some training at the Arizona Pro Wrestling Training Center uh, with Gabriel Gallo of IZW History, Don Vitale, and uh, John Wolfgang, um, getting his induction into the world of professional wrestling and training for his very first one-on-one match with Black Dragon. Uh, this one was all Marshall Zinn, uh, uh, even some spots where the Black Dragon ran into the massive biceps of Boss Hog and Boss Hog having, you know, uh, gosh, I, I want to relate it a little bit, you know, a little bit of Ken Shamrock, uh, a little bit of, you know, Kurt Angle uh, ripping the his, his uh, gear off uh, to have a big splash for the win. Um, and someone, too, who has fairly naturally adapted into the world of professional wrestling, Boss Hogg, someone who has, again, an amazing strength, a big athlete. But in watching his episode of Road Tripping with Boss Hogg, you know, him going through some of the struggles of, of preparing and training to be a pro wrestler, mm-hmm. um, all those muscles doesn't mean it makes it easy, just as any easier for might make it harder. Learn. Yeah, make it harder uh, to learn and bump in the world of pro wrestling. Yeah, and it's, you know, Black Dragon, whoever the hell that is, um, perfect opponent and and out there with, with Marshall. And Marshall has taken to it so well and has been a sponge and has learned and grown and just, just had a blast, you could tell. Um, and, and people love to come out and watch him perform. I mean, the guy can carry 600 pounds up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Like that's just crazy. Stupid strength, right? Like a ridiculous like, amount like, of strength. Like when are you ever going to have to lift a car off yourself? Never. But he yeah. could, and he could if you wanted to. Yeah, and just did an amazing job, and and you know, loves it, loves everything that that he's been able to do, loves everything that we're doing is is going to be there. You know, it'll be announced soon, and and he'll be there on May seventh as well, and and we continue to grow that for for Marshall, and of course, you know. That's how, you know, Navajo Warrior and, and, and Morgan got into the world of the strongman competitions and everything. And, and again, it's that family aspect of, of IZW. And, and this was a big part of it. And yeah, thought he thought he delivered in a big way. We have now reached our main event of the night, the IZW World Heavyweight Championship match. Our champion, Thugnificent, faced longtime adversary, contender, and just plain thorn in his side, Mr. Classic. Um, we had an introduction earlier in the night to the dynamic between Thugnificent and Mr. Classic. And one thing that I've told Mr. Not Mr. Classic, uh, Thugnificent, every time I see him and we've talked about it on the show is how every time I introduce him or now work with him, the level of maturity and growth that Thugnificent has had as ICW world champion just increases, you know, he has really taken this championship and ran with it, this position and ran with it. 
And you see an evolution with him where he is still thugnificent at the core, which fans love, but he is a more mature, more serious, more driven wrestler. And it is truly because of how much he values being IZW World Heavyweight Champion. And I think he brings that fight to every match that he has and every time he defends his belt. But I feel like this was especially important to him because of the history that he's had with Mr. Classic and really all of the underhanded ways that Mr. Classic has really weaseled his way to the, uh, this opportunity. And knowing that Mr. Classic was going to do anything he could to, again, this could have been and, and may be truly his last opportunity at this title. Uh, because we already knew whoever won the title uh, at Cool Town Clash was then going to face EJ Sparks at King of the Jungle on May 7th. So the, the next contender is already lined up. Chances are done. So this was also a must win for Mr. Classic. And I think that's why he ended up with the uh, opportunity to pull a chair into the ring, which literally backfired on him as he then swung the chair onto the top rope and hit him in the face. Uh, and the Indignificent was able to capitalize that with his finisher and, and the pin on Mr. Classic, seemingly sealing Mr. Classic's fate uh, and Thugnificent once again becoming victorious and now going into uh may 7th at king of the jungle to face his friend but also number one contender for the izw world heavyweight championship ej sparks yeah and and to have to do so in an iron man match which is gonna be and that yeah that was announced on izw social media pages that uh these two competitors um they respect each other a lot Mm. they want this to truly be something that they can both stand tall when, you know, the winner is announced. And I think it's, again, all of the the craziness that they've endured as a team, all of the interference that they've had with Mr. Classic, truly going at this 100%. And so Thugnificent and EJ Sparks will face each other in an Iron Man match, a 30-minute Iron Man match uh, for the IZW World Heavyweight Championship. This could easily become uh, Thugnificent's biggest challenge, um, mm-hmm. you know, Thugnificent and EJ Sparks have been tag team partners, friends, again, mutual respect. They competed with each other at Grand Prix, but also with that looming news between them that EJ Sparks uh, is the number one contender for the IZW World Heavyweight Championship. So now they go into King of the Jungle with that level of respect, but also that high level of competition. And truly, whoever wins that championship at the end of that Iron Man match, there will be no doubt that it's a ghost to the man who earned it. Mm-hmm. Two people have, since Thugnificent won the IZW World Heavyweight Championship, only two people have pinned him anywhere. And that's Charles Cassius in, in the finale of Grand Prix. And that's EJ Sparks. He did it outside of IZW, but he has pinned Thugnificent. And that's, you know, and, 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 EJ is, is ready for that opportunity and he's had an opportunity. And so now he gets another one. They've upped the ante. They realized the, the magnitude of King of the Jungle and they want to do so in the Ironman match. So that's, uh, going to be a classic and, and they're going to perform at a very high level here in less than two weeks. This match between Mr. Classic and, and Thugnificent, we had the promo earlier in the night and, and we established everything so the people of Coolidge would know and they did. 
And despite the entire roller coaster they went on, they were still at that high level for this match and, and, and got invested in everything they did. And I told the story on social media and I want to tell it here too. Um, right before the main event began, three kids wandered into the Coolidge Youth Center, probably walking around Coolidge doing whatever they're doing on a Saturday night. Who knows? Probably heard a bunch of stuff going on. Was like, what the heck is this? Didn't even probably know. Came in. And next thing you know, they're watching wrestling. They came across kind of the gym, sat in the far end of the bleachers. They weren't there for the promo earlier. They didn't know who Mr. Classic and, and Significant are. And within minutes, they were going crazy for the match. They were booing the crap out of Mr. Classic. And they were fully behind Significant. And they were fully invested in this match. And that is a testament to them to Thugnificent, to Mr. Classic, and the job they did putting on that match, the performances that they both turned in and and the story that they told in the ring. Because the whole point of Smooth Talk earlier in the night was so the fans would know how to act during this match. And those three people didn't. And yet they still followed suit. And um, and that's just a huge testament to what those guys did. There was a lot of shuffling around of when certain matches were going to take place. And when I slotted Mr. Classic versus Thugnificent here in Coolidge, it was so we could give them the traditional wrestling good guy versus bad guy for the championship, for the biggest prize in the land, what you've, you know, has been tried and true in pro wrestling for generations upon generations. And, um, it's also really easy to screw that up. And, and those guys went out there and, and did it and, and did an amazing job with it and told their story and, had the crown behind them and, and, and left everybody fully satisfied with what they, with what they saw and how they left that evening. So, um, you know, they both know it and, and they've both been told it, but, but hats off to both those guys for what they pulled off and what they did in front of a crowd that didn't know who they were when they got there. And that's, uh, just a huge testament to, to their abilities and, and where they're at as wrestlers and how they've grown and where they continue to go and where they continue to grow. Yes. Well, that wraps it up for our review of IZW presents Cool Town Clash in Coolidge, Arizona. Greg, you mentioned it already in just two weeks. IZW does it again back at Sun Studios in Tempe. We are going to have King of the Jungle, the retirement match of the Hawaiian Lion. He will be facing the Navajo Warrior in his final match, as you announced earlier in the show as well. Your ring announcer for that match, AEW's Justin Roberts, uh, who has announced some of the biggest matches in all of pro wrestling, coming back to IZW to announce the final match of the Hawaiian Lion. We also are going Going to be getting our IZW World Heavyweight Championship match. Thugnificent will defend his title against EJ Sparks in a 30-minute Iron Man match. Again, possibly the biggest test of Thugnificent's career, as well as one of the biggest opportunities of EJ Sparks' career. So mm-hmm. highly anticipated match there. We also have announced that uh, Final Destination will be in action as well. We have not seen the last of them. Who knows if they're going to capitalize on their huge win at Cool Town Clash and what they're going to be up to at King of the Jungle. Much more to be announced in uh, really the next two weeks uh, regarding match announcements, mm-hmm. talent announcements uh, for King of the Jungle. Tickets are still available 
for King of the Jungle online. Uh, of course, Eventbrite. But Greg, hit him with all the socials. Hit him on the website to let people know where they can find tickets for King of the Jungle. Yeah, this is an absolutely loaded card. I mean, we've already announced, you know, Graves versus Ice Williams from Lights, Camera, Faction. Also, Watson and, and Action Braxton from Lights, Camera, Faction will wrestle MBW and Dallas King in our VIP match. We've also got the VIP Q&A session with the Hawaiian Lion. Uh, that's sold out. If you desperately need access to it, you know, hit us up on social media. We'll see what we can do. But all the front row is gone. It's been gone, especially for an event of this magnitude. Um, you know, we will have the, the debut, uh, official debut, I guess, formally as a tag team with Aguila and Mike G, now dubbed Los Cholos. Uh, we'll, we'll be, you know, in tag team action there. Of course, we've got, like I said, Final Destination. There will be another edition of Smooth Talk uh, with Jay Smooth in this evening, too. Um, and, and, you know, Boss Hog Marshall Zinn will be there and so much more. So come out and be a part of it. The end of the road for the Hawaiian Lion. It's going to be emotional for all of us, uh, myself included. And, and you know, uh, you'll, you'll see a lot of grown people crying, and, and that's going to be a big deal. Um, and super privileged to have Justin Roberts there as well. And uh, I'll be watching that one um, in a lot of ways as a fan, as a friend, as a promoter, as a human, as a lot of things in that match. Um, will be very excited for me and, and sad as well. But uh, big deal. So at IZW Wrestling AZ on all of your forms of social media. That's the Facebook, Twitter, and the Instagram. And also at uh, www.izwwrestling.com. Tickets are available there as well. And, and you can pick those up. Um, all a part of, of King of the Jungle. Real quick, just to go back. Um, I, I would be remiss if I did not say with, with Cool Town Clash, um, we owe a whole lot to the World Blessed Boxing and Fitness, and, and they were selling tickets for this event. They were promoting the event locally, papering the town, everything they could to, to make this event a success, and also to uh, 3D Sports Cards and Collectibles, who are our title sponsor for this event, and, and had a great day in sales for them as they set up and, and, and brought their wrestling and sports memorabilia, and they have become a great supporter of IZW and everything that we're doing, and of course, we'll continue to be on hand at all of our events and so i'm very excited to have them out there as well so uh could not have done it with any of those folks and their support for the events that we do and, and what we continue to do moving forward and uh what we will do here on on may the 7th yeah it's two two shows within a two-week time frame because greg's really stupid but uh so that's just how the calendar works out sometimes and and you know you got to take the, the take the dates that are available to you and um very excited about what we're going to do here at King of the Jungle and uh, bittersweet, but has been in the works for a while and, and we're all ready. We're all ready for it. So. Thank you all to listening for this week's episode of the hashtag Miranda show. Again, this show is a proud part of the chair shot radio network, which you can find on the chair Oh, I was not nearly ready for that one. I, oh I was, my I God. Was what nowhere the... even close to it. I, I was Whoa. planning the end of the show. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Are you happy? Yes. Once again, don't forget to follow us. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. I hate you so much. Uh, Once again, don't forget to follow us on social media. Me, myself, and I, Miranda Morales. You can find me at the hashtag Miranda on Instagram and Facebook. You can follow Greg at ChairShotGreg on Instagram. 
Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as the Chair Shot on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Chair Shot Media. If you are listening to this show on your favorite podcast streaming platform like iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe and get a notification for every time a new episode of the Hashtag Miranda Show drops. Leave us a five-star rating and feel free to leave us a review. Uh, also, just a big thank you to everyone who attended IZW, uh, Cool Town Clash, everyone who supports independent wrestling, no matter where you are. If you were not able to go or not able to attend IZW but want to support IZW, go ahead and follow us on social media. Also, feel free to purchase a IZW shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and rep IZW wherever you are. That does it for another episode of the Hashtag Miranda Show. Stay tuned for future episodes. And don't forget to always keep it soft style. Chairshot.com. Always use your head.